0: Hi, I'm Trent Maxwell, and I'm Lee Mason,
1: and we want to welcome you to our Live Learn, Survive podcast. Since 2018, Lee and I have travelled the globe and met face to face over 17,000 children. We've created a series of children's books and Max's Rescue Squad, where teens and young adults can learn life skills online that not only help themselves but help others too. We take what we do very seriously ourselves, not so much as you soon will hear. So let's spend the next half an hour, maybe an hour, together with some fun, inspiration, and kindness, and we'll try and learn something too. How are you this week, Lee? Welcome aboard.
0: Maxi. I am here. I am good. How are you? Another week.
1: Another week. Another big week. Uh, yeah. They're all big weeks. <laughs> this is you just, say uh, that every week. I know. We say it. We're like a broken record, really. We are. But, uh, okay. We are busy, busy, busy. There's always something going on. But exactly. we have a different podcast this week.
0: We do, Maxie. We're, you know, we always get a bit excited when it's, you know, we've got a guest again. I've got to
1: do the music. I've got to do the oh, music. Oh.
0: Woo! So, we've got a guest. We are, this is our very first firefighter. I thought I'm a a bit excited. We've got a proper one. Oh, (laughs) sorry. No, no, another one. Sorry. Slip of the tongue. Slip of the tongue. So, we are welcomed today, Maxie, by Mr. Jason Strong, who is the rescue station officer at the City of Sydney Fire Station, a part of Sea Platoon. And um, I've got a bit of history that I hope I've got this right, because, um, you know, I actually know that Mr. Strong used to be your boss. So I don't want to get this wrong. So he was a SES volunteer for 12 years. He was a retained firefighter for a year at Mortdale in Sydney South. And since those days, he's been a full time permanent firefighter for 25 years. And as I just said, rescue station officer, officer. At um, busiest fire station in Australia, because you've told me that a million times, Maxie. Oh, in the southern Um, hemisphere, I think. Oh, southern hemisphere. So, welcome, Mr. Strong. We are thrilled to have you with us. Thanks, Max.
2: Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, actually, I think um, City Sydney is one of the busiest fire stations. So, I think Melbourne. I think it's southeast in Melbourne. They they sort of rival with us for the number of calls. But yeah, it's around sort of nine and a half thousand calls a year. Um, yeah but yeah thanks for having me excited to be here.
1: Uh, It's good to have you mate and obviously it's good to have a familiar face it's first time you've actually seen Lee or spoken to Lee uh, in in the flesh but um, it's going to be a great chat Uh, we've done uh, three or four of these now so it's been a little while since we have done one but everyone that's listening we know the drill it's uh, 12 questions we get to find out a little bit about Jason Strong. Yep. Um, what inspires him? What Far he does? Away. Let's go. <laughs> is
0: the, is the career, and you know, and it's the first time we've had a, a, fire, a firefighter other than Maxion. So, um, so, um, so, Maxi, are you going out? Question one: Are you starting off?
1: Yes, I'll start it off, Lee. Uh, so, question one for Strongy: When did you realise that you wanted to become a firefighter?
2: Oh, since I was a young boy, I reckon. Oh, probably. Sp- Seven or eight, I went to school with one of my one of my great mates. His dad was a firefighter at Marrickville, and they lived above the fire station. So there's some old um, like units above the station that are still there now. And we used to just after school, we used to just walk across the road and hang at the fire station for hours. That would
1: so, have been cool.
2: Um, yeah, it was. Since I was probably you know eight, nine, ten. Um, in my primary school years. So I used to hang out with Jason Tuckwell. His dad, Barry, was um, a fireman there for ages at Marrick And, yeah, then it sort of – I never sort of grew out of it. Yeah, and it was always in the back of my mind, you know, when I was going through sort of high school. And when I left school in year 10 in 1985, got a trade because I wanted to do a trade first. Yeah, And then, um, yeah, then that sort of – Went from that. What was your trade, Strongy? Uh, panel leader by trade or, you know, the technical term is an auto-collision um, technician, but, yeah, panel beater by trade and, you know, just taught by a uh, very good tradesman. Um, yeah, and we're still great mates now. So that's what Nelly, That's what, back in 82, well, 83, I started hanging out with. He's one of my life mentors, so, you know, we'll go oh, into wow. that. wow. And, uh, and yeah, we'll so. talk about um, great, mentors. Great dad, of, uh, sorry, great friend of my dad's. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and we're still really good mates now, so, yeah.
0: That's amazing. So, so that's that kind sort of started. leads. Sorry, no, carry on.
2: Yeah, that's where it sort of started as a, as a young boy. I never, I never really sort of grew out of it and, and yeah. I still haven't actually, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no. I think that's like you say that, Maxie, I think that's a common thing with firefighters and it? it's just like from such a young age often it's just like, you know, it's just a real dream.
1: You have so, to really, you have to really love it too. And um, I'm yeah. very lucky that my mentors, Strong, has been one of them. Um, over time, uh, I've been had, I've had some great mentors in the fires the last seven years, and even before I got on the job as well. Um, you know, we're all like minded. We all want the common goal of looking after the community and helping people. And yeah, yeah, I could, I could see how so many people uh, are so attracted at such a young age to, yeah. to become firefighters. Yeah. yeah. So, that,
0: so those, watching those, um, you know, guys at Marrickville as a young guy then, so that kind of leads into the next question. Um, so who did you look to, look up to and who inspired you as you were young? So I'm kind of guessing you looked up to those guys, but there, were there others as well?
2: Yeah, mainly my dad was always, um, or was my stepdad, but I was classifying him as my dad, um, always taught us, like the, the work ethic, you know, when you when you go out, work hard, like don't expect handouts. If you want something, go out and work for it. So yeah. my parents sort of instilled that in us, in myself, my brother and my sister when we were young kids. Yeah. Um, to say, you know, like if you want to go out and um, make something of yourself, you know, or don't expect, like I say, don't expect handouts. Just work hard and things will come your way. And 100%. I've been lucky enough and, and like Max was saying, talking about mentors and stuff, I've been lucky enough to have great mentors like my parents and uh, the gentleman I was talking briefly before about yeah um, the one that took me you know showed me the art of, of you know of panel beating so I don't classify him as a tradesman I classify him as a craftsman so yeah. you know he taught me um, to do it you know properly do it he do it properly the first time um, and yeah that's my mentors through my life have sort of I've, I've been lucky enough to Have great mentors. And I see that now. So, say with Maxi or with some of the young forays that we teach. So, we try and teach them do it right the first time. You work hard and then, you know, doors will open for you. So, yeah,
0: I love that. I've got, I have that. Do it once and do it well. I think you you just like, you know, do it the right first time. So, um,
2: yeah, dad was like a, you know, always hardworking six and a half days a week. You know, we were working in his yard. He had a sand cement business yard, you know, for, um, garden supplies and stuff like that. So my brother and myself, when we were 11 and 12, we were in the yard, you know, shoveling blue metal and, and Sydney sand and, and earning, you know, $10 a day back in, you know, what was that, 1983, 82? Yeah. yeah so, and that sort of instilled that work ethic that we had.
1: Understand. Yeah. I, I was very similar in the way with Bricky Bob. You've um, been yeah. a bricklayer. He's, he's 57, 58, and he's still laying bricks day in, day out. And yeah. Um, yeah. he's my grandfather uh, again. He was a big mentor for me. Yeah. Uh, again, just you know, happy go lucky, work hard, head down, just get the job done. So yeah. I'm very lucky that I've always, even with the lifeguarding days with Kerbox and a few Hopo on the field, the older guys. And then Strongy and Brownie and a few others. I'm so lucky that I've had really good role models as well. So um,
0: um, yeah, that leads think, us
1: into. Sorry, yeah, let I think go. The
0: same as well. Yeah, same, same for me as well. Working mom, hardworking parents. Yeah. You know, um, someone asked me yesterday about um, resilience and where where that came from, and I and I actually had to think about it, and I said, I think some of that comes from having that upbringing as a as a kid as well. You know, it's yeah. like you know, um, work hard and. Not, not that it's always right to just, you know, get on with it, but you know, work your problem, work the problem out, work it, you know, yeah. work it out, and work through it, and you'll grow from it. Not have one hundred percent, yeah, sort of resolved for you. So, um, no, great question. So, go yeah. Maxi, you go for the next. I well, think I think
2: too, I think too like that, that old um, that work ethic from that older generation, you know, that they try and instill, in, and we try to, like my wife and myself, try to instill that in our kids as well. You know, yeah. About you know, work hard, enjoy what you yeah. do, but you know, and things will come your way. So I remember
0: when I left school. So I left school, and I um, said to my mum, I'd got a I'd got a job, and I said to my mum, I was going to have a week off, yeah. and she was like, "What What, what do you need Why? a week off for?" And <laughs> I said, "Well, y- well, you know, I've just finished all my exams, my A levels. You know, I-, I thought I might, you know, have have a week and start a week later." She said. I don't think you need the week off. You'll be fine after the week. <laughs> it was yeah, like, yeah. now everyone has a gap year. Oh, yeah, you know it's it. like no one starts work till they're 29. It's like, you know, it's like um, I was 18 and it was like, I just need a week off, Mum. <laughs> like, yeah. no, get on with it. Yep,
1: that's yeah. right. Perfect. Well, mate, that leads into question three. Uh, did you get good career advice at school? Um, I don't think so. Not really. It wasn't.
2: And like, you know, I, I, when I was at school, like I left in 1985 and like I look at my daughter now, she's 16. So the, the career advice she gets now from school uh, is a lot different to the way we got it. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of knew what I was going to do when I in 1984, like in year nine. So I, I left in 85 after I got my school certificate, but I kind of knew what I was going to do. So for me, it wasn't that much of a, a drama. So I don't know what it was like in year 11 and 12 back in those days because I left in year 10. So I got my certificate me,
1: and then... That makes the two of us, mate. I did the same.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I had the apprenticeship lined up too and it was a dentureship. So it was like you will work, like Brian and I made an agreement where we said, okay, well, once you start, you will get through. And then, Lee, like you were talking before about that resilience. Like, yeah, sometimes I found it hard when I first left school because I miss my mates Yeah. from school. Yeah. but. You know, when you leave school and you start a job, you're working. And then, you know, I think I was on about $115 a week or $105 a week. But yeah. for a 15-year-old, 105 you go, wow, this is awesome. How good is this? Yeah. I remember walk, walking in the door when I first got my first pay packet and my dad said, righto, $20 goes to mum for board, right? And that's that old school <laughs> that mentality weird. again. Yeah. Right? And you go, okay, no worries. Of course, you run to mum and dad's roof, you're eating their food, you know, using the power. Or yeah. just to say, turn the lights off, and you know? so,
1: yeah,
2: um, yeah, but um, yeah, for to answer your question, um, no, I wasn't really given any sort of advice, but like back then because I knew what I was going to do, so yeah, the fight was, was still in the back of my head back then, so yeah,
0: I think, um, you know, I think it is very different times. I'm I nice. left school, I went through to year 12, though I don't know why I did 11 and 12 because I failed everything, so I just think <laughs> I was like, you know um working it out but um same no no real career advice if you didn't go to uni and you weren't going down that path of getting your a levels going to uni just like it was almost like well you know somewhere else you know so i think it's really good and i often think about you know the journey that maxie got that you know you could go and do your cert 4 or whatever and and then do work experience because you know you don't know at 18 if what you're going to do is what you, you know, if you're going to really love it, you might know what you want to do, but you might try it and not like it.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's
2: I okay. Think, I think we're lucky now in, in the role that both Max and I are in because we love what we do. And I always say to my kids, I don't care what you do when you leave school as long as you enjoy it, you know, because you're going to be working for like 40-odd years and you could be in a role or in a position where you don't like And Both my wife and I say to our kids, Later on, you can change. You can change your role. If you're not happy in your line of work, like I said, like I said before, because you're working for 40 odd years, yeah. um, you can change that. So yeah. you know, and don't be scared to. You've got to back yourself. So.
0: Agreed. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So you did, um, was it panel beating that you were saying that panel beating yeah. was your first job? So how long were you there and then how did you go about changing, making that first step into um, firefighting? Well, I remember
2: what? there was an intake in 1991 um, and that was the first time I applied. So I was just turned, I was 21, probably, you know, four or five months prior, and I was excited because I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. Now, the to- I think the time is right. So I had my trade certificate and I thought, okay, I'm good. And I thought it's a walk-up start, you know. Yeah. And... With the application, there was—I remember the—I was in the first sitting on the on the Monday morning, um, and I think there was probably fifteen or sixteen thousand people apply for like a couple of hundred spots, and I was surprised. It took me back a bit, actually, to tell the, tell you the truth. Yeah, um, yeah. So ninety-one, I missed out um, unfortunately, and then I thought I need to do something to sort of better myself. So if I do get a say a shot and an interview in. Because back in the day, they used to have intakes every three years. So it was 91, 94, and I finally got in the 97 intake. But wow. when I missed out 91, I thought I need to better, not better myself, but gain a little bit, of, uh, little bit of life experience, whether it's in the volunteer sort of side of things. So I made the call to ring the RFS first at Liverpool because they were the closest station. Yeah. When after the phone call or during the phone call, I said to the guy, um, he said, where do you live? I said, I'm at Elwood. He goes, where's that? I said, well, it's in the West near sort of, you know, Marrickville and uh, Stanmore. And he said, mate, it's too far away. You know, he said, it's a good, you know, 45-minute drive, like an hour drive. And I went, okay, not a problem. So I rang the local SES unit at Canterbury and uh, spoke to the controller at the time, Gary Hume, and again, one of my mentors, one of my great mentors. He's no longer with us. I miss him every day. But our first meeting, you know, when you first meet someone, you just you just know that you're going to click. Yeah. Uh, I walked into Gary's office and there's certificates and medals. You know, he's an ex-Vietnam veteran too. Um, so we spoke for I think about close to three hours and um, I thought, yeah, this is this is the thing for me. You know, while I'm waiting for the next intake for the fire brigade, I can do as many courses as, as, as I can, just cram them in because it was – I made that decision as a, as a young man because, um, yeah, I made the decision I'm going to go like flat out like full bore trying to get in the fire brigade because I knew after 91, I thought this, you know, you, you've got to be better than, you know, like 15, 16,000 people. So, yeah, yeah. so 100%. missing out in 91, 94, and then finally getting a crack in 97 and, and getting through was, uh, persistence,
1: yeah. Mate. Persistence, Persistence.
2: Yeah, yeah wow. that's right. And, again, that resilience kind of thing, you know, the love and support from my family and friends that kept egging me on yeah. to, you know, saying, you know, and it's like I said before about our kids, you know, you have to enjoy what you do. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And then finally in, um, yeah, 97, first class 98, I got a crack and that was it. It just took off from there. So,
1: yeah.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I bet that was the day when you got the call. I remember the day Maxie um, did. So I bet you remember that day like yesterday. Uh, yeah,
2: over the moon. My family and friends and everyone that supported me at the time, Yeah, I remember. I still get emotional now just thinking about it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a very emotional day. I was bawling my eyes out. When I got the letter to say, um, yeah, you're in, like in, in, you started on the 16th of January. That's my anniversary. And I just went, I said, this is it, you know, this is going to open doors for me. And yeah, so, and that yeah. was it. It's, my, it's, it's mine been, awesome. was, every day is just, yeah, fantastic. You know? Mine was 19th the 19th of January,
1: January, 19th of January, but, um, I remember being down the lifeguard tower and then, uh, getting the missed call it was a nine O something number. Yeah. And then the email, uh, the, the voicemail that backed it up and said, yeah. congratulations, uh, you've been selected um, yeah. for, for the medical. And I remember just having a shower and fist pumping in the shower in the lifeguard change rooms. But, yeah, no, it was it's a, nothing nothing better than that feeling, especially it yeah. took me six days. And technically it was, what, from 91 to 97? Yeah, yeah six
0: years. Six years. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. even
1: though there was two intakes in that time, but still it's six years of waiting. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I think, so, I think um,
2: the numbers—I might be off by a, a few—but in um, in the '97 intake, there were close to twenty thousand applying for two hundred spots. Yeah, wow. You know, oh, which
0: yeah. is just—and well, no, I mean, no. even now,
2: you know, we have eight thousand apply for a hundred, like, and that's nearly every sort of twelve months. Yeah. So again, I, I still think, um, even though I worked hard, I still think I'm lucky that I, I got in. You yeah. know, and and, and I always appreciate, you know, getting a crack to you know, yeah. show what we can do. Like Max is the same and yeah. the recruits that we, you know, that we have on at our station on our
0: um, on our shift. Yeah. You know, it's
2: important for us as, as the SOs to say, you know, we want you to want to come to work.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. But I think, yeah. you know, the fact you recognised, look, I've got to be better than the rest. I've got to put some work in, not yeah. just the month before that it's, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You, like three years you got to put the work in. You know, yeah. sometimes you say, don't you, you've got to train for the job you The job you want not the job you've got yeah you've got to believe you're going to do it and you've got it like you know people I know like even going for interviews and things like that you know I can't stress enough to anybody younger go for every interview because even if it's a terrible experience you'll learn something
1: you'll learn
0: something and you'll be better prepared next time it's the journey and it makes
1: it even more uh sweeter when you do get that phone call that email or that text message saying that you've been accepted to whatever you want to do yeah that's
2: right yeah uh, getting back to the point before just you have to love what you do because you do it for so long you
1: know yeah yeah definitely Yep. Mate, question five. Where did you train for your career or at the start of your career? So where did you train? Um, you did mention that you were retained at 48 or well, Mortdale Station. Yep. Uh, was that kind of your introduction for training into the permos or did you train uh, a bit before that?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was mainly Mortdale. Um, I remember – so it was like – they call it on-call firefighting now. So I don't know whether they've changed the name from retained to on-call, but – you had to live within three kilometres of the station um, and you had a pager on you and you, I was mainly available of a night and on weekends, so I put my social life pretty much on hold to sort of go to every single call that I could. And um, yeah, a mate of mine at the time, he was trying to get in the permanent brigade as well. Um, he lived right across the road from the fire station. I rang him and I said, look, I need a place to stay because they're giving me the green light for, for Mortdale. And he said to me, "My flatmate moved out yesterday, so there's a room for you." So there you go. So it's lucky how things just things just fell into place. And then a few months later, Parker, my, my roommate, got in to Mortale as well. And you know, he was at the college as a permanent, or oh, probably six months after me. So we both got in roughly the same time, which is was pretty good. So, but I did a lot of my training at Mortdale. Uh, I studied every single you know fire brigade book there was. Uh, the SO at the time um, helped me out quite a bit um, to sort of steer me in the right direction. And we were just like drilling every day. So yeah, it was, um, and I was still in the SES involved a little bit in the SES, but I, I concentrated most of my time at Mortdale. And then after I got in the permanent brigade in, in 97, yeah, we did our training at Alexandria, which is the training college, the old training yeah. college. So we have no, a I was lucky enough to train pretty good facility well. out at um, Orchard Hills now, but we still use Alexandria now, because it's only down the road from fire station at City City. So it's only like a ten minute drive. So we use that at least once every or oh, two weeks, weeks. Two yeah. sets. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So in all of this career, with this amazing career, is there one piece of advice that stands out, like the best bit of advice that always sort of sticks in your mind and you go back to best um, bit of advice.
2: Also sort of back yourself. You have to back yourself. Um and follow your heart no matter what line of work you want to do um that's important i think because and again gets back to that point again you have to enjoy what you do
1: yeah and if you want to change it you can change
2: it but yeah you just you, just, you need to back yourself Let's have the confidence within yourself to um you know you follow your gut kind of thing so
0: yeah i'm a big believer in following your gut if, yeah if you if there's something in your gut that's telling you it's wrong it usually is
2: and I, I think Lee, not not in just your career, but in life as well. Absolutely. You know, like we we say to our kids, if if you don't, if there's something that you don't like, whether say they're at a party, when it comes to, you know, you know, vaping or smoking, or you yeah. know, or you know, there's a little bit of the the magic weed passed around or whatever, and we say to our kids, you know, look, if you don't want to touch it, just walk away. You
0: yeah.
1: Know? Don't don't give in to peer group pressure. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're big on that with the peer group yeah. tr- uh, pressure, especially with, when it comes to the, uh, playing around waterways and stuff like that. You know, all too often yeah. you hear tragedies happen. But um, just adding on to the best piece of advice uh, Jason Strong's ever given me is: rip in or stuff off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah like, that's, that's one it's of the other words we use, But uh, it's a G-rated podcast. But it's rip yeah. in or stuff off. Or, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, which which Johnny, you've taught me that, and uh, yeah, I still live by that. Uh, men, uh, men yeah, there's no off matches,
0: is there? You're in, you're all in, or just get out, like yeah, literally. I think, uh, just, you know, and
2: that's and that's the thing. Like we we always teach our um, the guys in our shift, and especially the recruits that come to the college. Um, if there's you know if there's a, a drill on or training and all that, always be the first one to put your hand up and say you know I'll have a crack at this, even though if, you, if it's uncomfortable, you're in a like a big group or there's um, there's other. Firefighters who are more experienced than you, yeah, um, and that's that's when you learn. I mean, that's where Maxie and I we used to. When Max was doing his rescue training, it was like a hundred percent. You know, when the groups that we put through in the last sort of couple of years, um, everyone just, just they they go at hundred and ten percent. know, because they know that there's a standard that not only the fire brigade have, but our shift has, and, and our our station commander Andrew McNamara, and the SOs that have. That we've worked with over the past sort of six years at um, at headquarters on superton we have a standard that we like to um, uphold yeah. so, and the trainees know that you know um, when they have assessments they will just absolutely annihilate their assessments they will just won't get through they will they will do extremely well yeah. so, you know and we always get good feedback from yeah. the assessors so
0: that's do you know that. what I love as well that like it comes back to that work ethic because sometimes as well in in peer group there's almost um, you know there's a bit of a thing sometimes about like you know working too hard well it comes back to if you love what you do
2: mm. it's
0: not you know it's like I work really hard I love what I do yeah. and I don't want to be made to feel guilty because yeah. I want to give it 150 percent or something like that you know there's almost a bit of a you know like everyone's supposed to got to have you know balance and all the rest of it mm. and you have but if you really love what you do there's no work like it's just life
1: it's yeah. life it's a way of yeah. life
2: and that's the thing i think the job you know with that with our shifts that we do i get to spend a, a little bit of time or, or a lot more time with my wife and kids which is important so you need that balance yeah. but um, yeah it's um you know like sometimes because we do 24 hour shifts you know the shifts do, do knock you around especially in, in the city where we could turn out you know 25 30 you know at, even up to sort of, you know, 40 times a day over the, you know, the five appliances that we have in there.
0: Yeah. So,
2: you know, the, the shifts can knock you around a little bit, but, you know, with our five days off, we get to recover and, you know, if that means going up and spending some, you know, breakfast with my wife and kids and or dropping my kids to school and doing the homie things just to help my wife out because she, you know, she's unreal at home doing doing what she does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she's incredibly strong and, you know, we've got, we're a tight unit here and we're, we're a tight unit at home and we're a tight unit at work. So, yeah. Because at awesome. work is like a second family anyway. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, second family. And that yeah. leads us into um, our next question, mate. And I know personally you've had some uh, big jobs over the years, but how do you deal with the stress that comes with your job?
2: Um, good question, Max. Um, we have a peer support team with within the fire brigade uh and one of the sos at our station paul Sharrett, is a big part of that so um we need his nickname is buzz because he kind of looks a little bit like buzz lightyear but he he and and his team or or the team that he's in are um they're wonderful with if we go to a a bad incident where if we have a fatality or um you know like a fairly graphic kind of job where we're, we're in there and, you know, we're trying to help someone or try to save one, save a person. Um, yeah, they're, they're always sort of our go-to and our chaplain as well, Lindsay, he's, he's fantastic as well. So we make sure that our crew um, between myself and the other SOs, they're our first sort of point of call. We always have a debrief after, after a bad incident or even, you know, a, not so much a bad incident but any sort of incident where, you Know the guys are working their, their backsides off, and um, yeah, so it's we start at the station sort of level. And then, if it's if we think we need to get extra help in, then, then Paul Charit will you know get the um get the team in and you can sit yeah. down and have a, a full debrief.
1: And
0: yeah,
2: so amazing stuff!
0: Yeah, it's so, so good that we, that's there.
2: Yeah, there's some stressful sort of things, but there's also some fantastic things where you know if we get to help people, um, you know, whether it's cut someone out of a car and you then you find out that they, they end up being okay. Um, you know, that's a great thing. And then you look at the other side of the coin where we do our fire safety or community engagement. You know, if we're driving down the street and we'll see kids waving at us, I'll pull the truck over and, you know, and we, you know, we throw the kids on the truck. And for them, for the kids, it's a fantastic thing. And they just think, oh, how awesome is this? You know, I've got to sit on a fire truck and we've got the, um like, fire safety sort of activity. books. booklets and board. stuff like that was we give right? the kids. The kids love yeah, it. You know, Kids and give them a sticker and give them a um, like a tattoo or you know a high five and all that. And they get some photos with us and then we sort of move on, off we go. So, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's another way of dealing with, with, with the stress as well. You know, and people, especially with the say the bushfires are back in 2019 20 bushfires, just yeah. driving past and people just saying, Look, thanks for what you do. That, that was awesome.
0: You know? Do you do no. any? I know you always talk, Maxi, you're, you're a runner, you go running, and um, you, you know, that's like, a, is there anything from a sort of um, you know, like walking, fresh air, exercise, anything like that, that you find helps you like de stress after a big, you know, after a big day?
2: Lee, 80s music. 80s music. That's well,
0: us. now we're talking.
2: And, um, and, and my wife, um, my wife sort of downloaded some real chill out music for me
0: oh. on, this, on
2: this sort of sleep mask that I've got. I can. Yeah, oh, bit, boy, a, boy.
1: Bit, of, bit of Barry White and hot chocolate, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> a bit of
2: Barry
1: Manilow,
0: yeah. you bit of I, I think you, you know, Duran Duran must be in there. No. I mean, oh
2: yeah,
0: hundred yeah, percent, oh, yeah, hungry eyes, yeah. hundred oh, oh, yeah, Eric,
1: Eric Carmen, hungry eyes, man, I could see, hungry it right eyes,
0: yeah. it. Oh, strongy, you can sort the playlist out for our next road trip because old oh, mate, it. seriously, it, it's, yeah. there was a few questionable days around the UK, but that's for a whole nother podcast, I guess. But um, so, hang on, so, I'll take.
2: This is Max's choice of music, was it? Not yeah. yours.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, his. Yeah, absolutely. Like we had a full day of country and Western. Really? A full day. Mate, and I Max, actually Max, I
2: had s- no idea, my country and Western.
0: I actually yeah. said to him one day, so are we are we done with the country now? Like <laughs> And he, he was a bit of, he was a bit annoyed with me, I think, actually. But are you, are anyway, you guys done? <laughs> sorry, I digress. Anyway, next thing. Um, we've, so on with the stress. So the next thing, best career decision so far?
2: I would have to say, um, doing my rescue, um, and becoming an SO like a station officer. Yeah, yeah. two um, great
1: goals. Then in both goals I've reached rescue and I'm um you know at a, at a busy rescue station, but again, I want to follow your footsteps strongly and, and be a boss too. So um yeah, that that's that's awesome career uh, career decisions because I know there's a lot of people around your era too, a lot of them do become SOs, but sometimes they just hang back and just do their senior fires, which is okay. No, uh, that's not fine. everyone not dead. everyone can be a boss, but
2: yeah. And they're still mentals. They are still mentals. So 100%. part of our role as an SO, like our main role, is to motivate our crew. And we're lucky in the city we don't really have to. And the same with Maxi. And in how South long East.
0: have you? Um, how long have you been an SO? Uh, since two thousand
2: and ten. So yeah, it was like 13, 14 years. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, or was so. it the
0: city of Sydney? I beg your pardon. Always
2: at. Or was it the city? Yeah. No, I was at Burwood for five years as the relieving officer on B Yep. Um, and again, great crew, motivated crew there, um, and I'd love to end up at Bankstown or Burwood, sort of, you know, one day, like towards the end of my career. Um, yep. I'm, I'm happy in the city at the moment. Um, yeah, so yeah, to do my rescue, to do um, my SOs, and to finally get on a USA course, so that's urban search and rescue. So we can go, we can travel overseas, internationally, interstate. You know, Which, off the record,
1: congratulations! Uh, you you went the most recent. You're two classes back, but you yeah, know, I, know 20, bad, yeah. I know how bad I know how bad you wanted it, mate, and well done to you and the team. Um, can't wait to see you guys rip in overseas uh, whenever a disaster strikes. They're sending the best of the best, so very. So you're next on it. the list, Max. Hopefully, we uh, can get we'll you. will see, mate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's a lot of people in there now that have been big mentors and big part of uh, my firefighting career. So it'll be Ooh. interesting to see um, in the future.
0: I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna say so. Is there something involved with that? That um, sorry, Maxie, I'm asking the next question. I was just like led on. Um, like your next career goal, is there something with part of that that you would like to do, or is it? Um, um, no, yeah, pretty, what's next? I'm
2: pretty happy where I am at the moment. I don't think I'm going to go any higher because I love. I still love that having that connection with the crew, Yeah. and I still love turning out. Um, not that you want to go to fires or car accidents, you know, like we can be ready for them. Like if, if I never went to another fire or another car accident in my career, I'd be I'd be happy. But that's not going to be the case. But we have to be ready for that. So we train hard for it. Um, we train regularly. You know, we train with different organisations as well. We're catching up with the State Rail Forest tomorrow night on, on shift. Uh, Police Rescue as well. We've worked with Mary Valesi, yes, because they're not far from us um yeah rfs we've done some um stuff with the rfs as well so and you know it's a good thing about the job no two days are the same yeah there's, there's always no, something new something different so there's always I mean, something
1: going on mate there's always something yeah, always, going on yeah
2: yeah but you know as far as my next career move lee at the moment not really because i'm happy yeah. being in this though. yeah I, I love teaching i love mentoring um yeah, we're, we're trying to get our next group on this new rescue course. The fire brigade have been working yeah. on for a little while.
0: So, And you can tell, I can hear it in your voice, you can tell your passion for the job is just still there and it's like, oh, like exactly. the hunger for it is, um, you know, yeah. that's that's awesome.
2: You know, another part of my job that I, I love is, like, you see guys like Maxie um, when they work so hard to get their rescue qualification, um And that sort of opened doors for them. There was a young guy, Evan, we we taught quite a few years ago. He's now a USAR instructor. So I taught him rescue, what, four or five years ago. And when I was on the USAR course in 2021, he was teaching me.
0: Wow. So
2: to see Evan go sort of past, you know, past my level or to see him teach me, I I, I was sitting in the class first day. So Evan had pretty much the, the first topic he was teaching. And I got a little bit upset because I was just proud of this guy up there teaching 20 of, you know, USAR trainees um, yeah. what he knew. So he's a USAR instructor now, which is awesome to see. You know, yeah. for me, that's a satisfi- satisfying part of the job. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. That's amazing. That's Mate, amazing. Um, we're
1: towards the back end of these questions, but this is an interesting one because I actually don't really know this answer. Um Number eleven. If you weren't a something, what would you be?
0: If you weren't a firefighter. You
1: weren't a firefighter.
0: What yeah. would you be,
2: um, mate? That's a you stumped me on that one. Really? Well, I let's hope. just say
1: fire is you know never eventuated, and um, you know maybe you still maybe, be maybe a not panel that. I yeah, don't
2: think would so, you? No, no, I don't, I don't think so.
1: Um, is there any other things that you had in the back of your mind that you could have done if fire is? Um, oh, you're like me, mate. Fire is always going to be the yeah. goal yeah. Uh, i would do whatever it took but that off chance like for me for example i probably would have went down the paramedic path just to yeah. get a taste of on-road uh first response just because yeah. i loved um being first out the door of helping people so that's just an yeah. example um yeah, but- i don't know
2: i mean it's yeah that's a tough one to answer because you know i had my heart set on you know um being a firefighter um i tell you what i do love being as a dad i love being a dad my kids no, are
1: that's awesome. a great answer. They make me laugh. And, yeah, yeah. yeah I, not I, I not uh, Also, not a fighter pilot. You know, Tom Cruise. I've seen Scott, the latest Top Gun. Smoke so, yeah, Scott, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't think I yeah. wanted like a fifty-two-year-old fighter pilot. So, yeah, no. Oh, sick bag up in the plane. I don't
1: know. <laughs> mate. There's, there's that's to no, that's a good answer. Well, you know what?
0: You didn't need a plan B because you know what? You went for it. You got no, it. That's right. Yeah. Destiny. Destiny. And I was, I was kind of thinking, I thought you might say, if, you know, next career goal, if you ever want to not be on the truck, I was thinking, well, you can, you know, you, you're the one bloke that can go to the incident and probably fix the car up. I mean, like, you know, there could you know, be a. it's
2: uh, funny, like, working, you know, doing my apprenticeship, and I was a panel leader for what, probably 12 or 13 years. And I always say to um, the rescue trainees, like, back in before I joined the fire brigade, I used to tell them what I, what I used to do. And it used to take me two weeks to repair a car. Well, now it takes me 15 minutes to destroy a car. So
0: I was gonna say, do you have a like little, you know, your, your heartbreak just a little bit when you're getting no, the jaws of life on there no.
1: <laughs> not at all. and
0: you're thinking of the beautiful, you know, bodywork? Like, no, no? no. okay, no. that's no. all right, all no. good, all good. So, um, so going back to 16, what advice would you give to your 16 year old self? You're saying, like, you know, um, proud dad, what, what, um, what advice do you give to, um, you know, sixteen-year-olds? What would you say to um, sixteen-year-old Strongy? Um, that's a good question. Um,
2: again, like follow your heart. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, yeah. Just back yourself.
2: Yeah, back yourself. Do what do what you want to do. Besides, yeah, if if I, one thing I would say is to my sixteen-year-old self, buy Sydney property because I'll be, <laughs> be retired by now. Yes.
0: Um, Are you listening,
2: Maxwell?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I've missed the boat in that one, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> no, but um, yeah. Again, just getting back to your question, yeah, back yourself. You know, yeah. And at sixteen, I think you've got a lot of not not of external pressures, but you know, the, you know that peer pressure from your mates and and the group that you hang out with, and
0: yeah.
2: Again, like Maxie said, you know, back yourself. Um, yeah, follow your gut. If if, if you don't like. You know, you, you know within yourself. If something doesn't feel right, just don't do it. You know? yeah. yeah,
0: and and it, you know it's it's different times for like sixteen year olds these days. You know, like the oh, social media, the peer pressure of that. Yeah, you never, you know, you know, um, I, you know, I, I didn't have the best time at school, but I used to leave school at four o'clock and I was left alone until eight o'clock the next morning. Um, yeah. you know, for for um, kids, teens, you know, at uni, there's there's nonstop. People yeah. are. You, people are, um, you know, you can be um, obtainable 24 7. Yeah. And, and that's the just like, you there's know, nothing away great.
2: from it. So, with social media and stuff, there's a lot of pressure on kids, you know, 15, yeah. 16, 70 year olds about image and how they look and all that.
0: Yeah.
2: Don't, that's just, that's rubbish. You know, I remember yeah. my daughter asking me one time, how many friends do you have on Facebook? And I went, I don't know, probably five or 600. But when it comes to the crunch, there's probably three or four people you can count on. Yeah. yeah 100%. You, know, you really need them.
0: Yeah. So that's 500.
2: I mean, yeah, they're friends and social
0: media. yeah acquaintances and stuff. It's, it's but it's fond. the five that you can ring in the 100%. middle of the night that you know will pick up. When you're, the the you're in the trenches, you're
1: yeah. in the trenches getting bullets coming over your head. You, you're ringing. I need help. Maxwell. Yeah. Trade yeah. Maxwell. Yeah. Net, know, straight over the top. The Wait thing the is, whistle.
0: and I'm sure you think the same, at least if you ring Maxwell, you know he's going to pick up. There's no one, <laughs> you know, he's like he'll, put, he'll answer the phone. That's it. He'll be there.
1: Yeah. I'll do the old... Oh, no, no, I'll read it. 55 mil, 62 mil. <laughs> oh, that's one. Anyway, well, the six mate, mil song classic. Mate, it's been an sorry. absolute, absolute pleasure. But We've got the last, last question um, mm. before we wrap up. Can you give us your go-to song to li- li- live up your mood? So when you're having a bad day or you're feeling a bit stressed or something's not right but oh. you need that pick-me-up, what's your song? Give the, us
0: playlist. Your song. the song for the playlist. This is gonna be from the Axi. Right. I know it's gonna be a banger.
1: Okay,
2: Give so this I've probably got two or three, but I'd have to say Creed, my sacrifice. Yeah, that was
1: out. Song.
2: Yeah, there's that one. There's um, Disturb the Light as well. That's yes, yeah. that's, that's awesome.
1: Um We yeah. got a song, me and you got a song together.
2: We have, yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um
1: Emerita yeah, it's like
2: Creed, my sacrifice. I think, yeah. There's too many to choose. I'm like anything 80s. I love it. You know, yeah. My three or four hundred songs I have got on my on my on my phone. You know, which I just play over and over again. I think my kids are just bored of. You know, but yeah, yeah I'd, I'd have to say Creed. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah.
1: mate, I've added it to um. You know, on Spotify we have yeah. the Maxi's Rescue Squad playlist. Yes. Yeah, uh, if you type in Maxi's Rescue Squad playlist on Spotify comes up, uh, there's now 99 songs in yeah. there. Right. And it's uh, I like songs... Share,
2: I like to ask my kids.
1: Yeah, on to yeah. and one. it's
0: really cool as well because these it's songs have been sent in from, um, you know, I say kids because anyone under 30 is a kid to me, you know, like they're, they're from all over the world. So we've yeah. been introduced to bands we would not have known in Australia, or yeah. you know, so it's a real um, eclectic mix of really good, upbeat songs. So... Um, so feel free to go for a, you know, a little wander round with the uh, Maxie's Rescue Squad playlist. So yeah.
1: as I, thank as I was you saying, for your
0: contribution.
1: They right. they beat me to the crunch there. But um yeah, there's all the people in there release their songs. Uh, that gives them their upbeat. So there is a lot of a lot of good positive stuff. So if you're ever feeling a bit stressed in your job, um, <sighs> yeah, have a listen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been great, Strongy Man. Um, no worries. Thank no, you so much. Thank you both of you. It's been it's, awesome.
0: No, it's been brilliant. So do you miss him at um, City of Sydney uh, Strongy? Yeah, I do, yeah. You do miss yeah, him? Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah. you yeah. will yeah. yeah. he, maybe visit occasionally. All right, oh. okay,
1: okay. Look, we each week, this is a special podcast, but we do have a dad joke corner. Oh, I have the last few weeks. I've been releasing my go-to dad jokes. You know, the fire at the circus, intense, and sardines in cans. So oh. They're all done. So, before we finish up, can you give us your best dad joke?
2: Well, the sardines in cans. That's a, that's one of the best. But there's there's, that, there's, a, there's another one. So so people know the sardines in cans ones, don't they? they yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I've said that one. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So what, what's, uh, what's the He's other using one? using all your jokes, I think, strongly. Actually, like... when you
2: start eating cans to get on the Today Show to get in the final for a, like a dad joke um, oh, competition
0: that my okay. wife put me in, uh, yeah.
2: just put me in. And, um, yeah, the, the the first prize was a $5,000 Bunnings voucher. Ooh. So I rang, I rang Maxie and told him, but, yeah, but I bombed out, you know, I think oh. i got like second or third, but it doesn't matter, you know, it was good fun. But I reckon, right. um, oh, what is it? What do you call a magician that's lost his magic? I
1: don't know. You know this one, don't you? No, I don't.
0: I don't know this. What do you? What do you call a magician that's lost his magic?
1: Ian,
2: magician. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's all folks. That's all we've got to <laughs> Maxie, get him off. No. <laughs> brilliant, Mr. Strong. Oh, we loved it. We loved it. Hey, hey, that's good, mate. That is good. Mate.
1: That is good.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, it's been it's been absolutely brilliant. We have loved having you. Thank you, because I know there's just so much advice there that people will take on board. And no um, you know, really, really appreciate your time. And um, and on my part, it's been nice to finally meet you. You know, just you know, straight into the top five of my favorite firefighters. So that's it. That's my top you know, five. You're in there, strongy.
2: Yeah, just just the work that both of you do for for kids and water safety, and yeah, it's, it's outstanding. Just keep up the great work. It's, uh, no, thanks, it's fantastic work
1: you do.
0: Yeah, we, um, we and, and you know what, like you've just said, we, we love doing it. Like, you know, I mean, Maxi and I have, what we've done with the, you know, 20,000 kids we've met so far, we've self-funded it. We've never taken a dollar out of the business. We've put it back. And I think that's why we've been given the support we've got from like legal people and things like that, because they've said, You know what? We we see what you're doing. You're functioning like a charity with none of the benefits of being a charity. Um, and that's why they've helped us because, you know, we've just we've just had a go, haven't we, Maxi? We've just literally gone out on a limb and we've you know, we've turned up at places, we've not known who we're gonna meet, but like you just said, you know, we we've worked hard, we've had a go, we've always brought hundred and fifty percent. And we've never had anyone dislike us, really, have we, Maxie? Yeah,
1: no, not many, not many. Not many. <laughs> 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 but,
2: uh, but, mate, um, we... Both of you are likeable character, so yeah, like yeah. No, well, it's okay. Well, thanks, Strongy. You that's it, nice Max of you to ahead, say.
0: Mate, but... That's nice of you to say. So next time we're in Sydney, I'll come and have a look around the fire station. Beautiful. No worries. And um, we'll, sort it out. Yeah, we'll meet thought. in person. Yeah, well, no worries. good, no. Thank well,
1: um, well, thanks again, Strongy, mate. Take it easy, and I'll see you at the big one, as they say. Love am your brother.
2: Take care, mate.